we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A new world order. Child sex trafficking. The deep state is trying to destroy Donald Trump's presidency. Loose the battle plans of heaven. It's all about control. Broadcasting live to the world now. It's the weekend vigilante, Sheila Zelinsky. Today's program was made possible by the generous prayer and support of the faithful friends and partners of this ministry. Visit our new website at Sheila.media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Monday, February 12th, 2018 edition. What an exciting show for you today. So interesting. And I want to jump right into it because this guest has a lot to cover. It is our good friend, Pastor Elvis Newhart from Germany on a fascinating topic. So I'm just going to hand you the mic and I want you to get into this fascinating subject. Lay it out for us, Elvis. Wonderful. Well, the title of our message today and what I would like to share today, the title is Death, Deception, and Diesel. And we'll look at how all of these fit together today on the title. But if you would, please, for those of you that have your Bibles out and pens and notepads, I'd like to start out in the book of Ephesians. Now, Paul was talking to the Ephesians here, and he was giving instructions in chapter 4 on the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, and this is really good if people are wondering, you know, you know, what's the purpose of the gifts? Everybody wants the gifts. It seems like everybody wants to prophesy. Everybody wants to see the future. You know, but Paul said that there's a specific reason for the gifts. It says in verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. You know, so it's for the equipping of the saints. Okay, and to equip us for what? Our da- the daily race and our daily life, and the edifying of the body of Christ. And that's what I hope to do, do here today, too, because there are so many things that we are faced with as Christians today where we need to be equipped. And hey, and we have God and we have his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, right? That there, he knows that we have to live in a very real world. Let's go on to verse 14 here. Very important verse. It says that we henceforth be no more children. God is interested in maturity, right? And that we grow up, but that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Now, if that's happening, if that's happening to a church, we're seeing an, an immaturity there. And, you know, we're supposed to be strong in our faith and strong in our foundation and know what we believe, okay, and not to be carried away with every wind of doctrine. Now, that's in the church, but that's a good advice for life, too, not to be constantly swayed with words or trickiness, by the slight of men. Okay, then that translates out to when you go into the Hebrew, by the tricks of men and their cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Peter told us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. 
Now, there's people out there doing the will of Satan, and it's, it's almost like this, is that they're going about as a roaring lion, walking around, seeing who they can devour. Now, let's go back to Ephesians there. I would really like you to keep this section of your Bible open, because it's going on right now. It's been going on the last few uh, years, a real example of how this is working. And the gift of discernment is so good for us. And, and like Peter says, we're supposed to be sober. We're supposed to be vigilant. We do need to be stirred up because we need to know how to pray about this. And we're in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth, that, that right away you walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. And what vanity is emptiness. And you know what? There's a lot of people out there, they, they walk around in the emptiness of their mind, the emptiness of their heart. And what are the fruits of that? Verse 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, who wants to be like that? Nobody. None of us want to be like that, hopefully. This is the calling to call us out of that. Verse 19, it gets worse. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. Now, lasciviousness is a desire for the forbidden. And remember that one. A lot of times we see the word lasciviousness. We wonder what that is. Lasciviousness is a lust or a desire for the forbidden. And you know, there's an ignorance that's in them. It's like they don't even see other people. We've heard messages on dehumanization and how people aren't even looked at, looked at as humans anymore. But it says here, having their understanding darkened, okay? And they're alienated from the life of God. And alienated means they're far from the life of God with the ignorance that is in them because of the blood blindness of their heart. Now, when there is a blind heart, you do not see other human beings. And so that's the jump-off point I want to. I would like to start with tonight, because really, it's a serious message I really want to give, and I want to share, and it's a real story. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee, relax. You, you go down this story, or you look at this, and you wonder how people could do this to other people. Now, tonight, what I'm going to share here, it, it's about what happened. And what we're going to confront tonight, and we bind this now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bind up and cast off all cognitive dissonance that likes to come up during these times. Cognitive dissonance, that can't be happening. Okay, And there's a reason why our minds get programmed that way. There's a reason why our minds and our wills and our emotions get manipulated that way. And we're going to look at a very excellent example of exactly how this happened. And it happened recently, but the roots go back at least 70 or 80 years where this started. And that's where I'd like to start tonight. So going on well before 2009 and going on well after 2015, a company by the name of Volkswagen, they sold the green car of the year in 2009. Incredible thing. But the thing about that car is they sold it based on a lie because the car was polluting 50 times more than advertised. Now, where does this go back to? Let's look at the company Volkswagen. What I'm going to talk about tonight is I'm going to give this example, and it's a laser beam example of no matter which one you, you are, no matter which direction you're coming at from this, this story, all of you were deceived. All of you, each and every one of you, okay? It sure would be great if somebody would write a book called hmm, the, the Green Gospel, maybe, huh, Sheila? Sheila, is that uh, a recognizable book that you might know, right? But uh, I'd like to encourage anybody, get a, copy of the, get a copy of the book Green Gospel, because it's those people 
Okay, if you're completely opposite and against everything that Sheila and I believe or what she writes in that book, I want you to know something. They used you. They targeted you. They got you. But let's go back to this. I'll just go right down my research here that I have. But it's what we call in German. It was called the Abgaslüge. It was the emission scandal that they went through. Okay. But what happened was there was a car company that was started in the 1930s, and it was originally started by the current political leader of Germany at the time, guy with a little funny mustache by the name of Adolf Hitler. Now he had the thing of Hitler wanted everybody in Germany to have a car. Why? Because the Nazi Party realized, and they thought they were the Uber mention, right? And I'm, this is what we're not doing Nazi bashing right now here. I'm just, we're just, like we said, we're just telling it the way it happened. And what they notice is that they notice that everybody over in America, that big group, that messy, mixed up group of people, a lot of people had cars over there. And so what they wanted to do, there was one thing. They wanted every household to have a radio. They wanted to have the leader's voice. They wanted to have Hitler's voice and the party things in every house. So they made sure that every household had one. By the way, we're talking the 1930s now, okay? And they wanted everybody to have a radio, and they wanted everybody to be able to afford a car. Uh, Hitler wanted everybody to have a car, and they called it the people's car, which in German is pronounced Volkswagen. Volkswagen. So he enlisted the help of a very brilliant engineer, was already making certain types of cars and everything, and his name was Ferdinand Porsche. By the way, if you're driving a Porsche, you're driving a Porsche. Not a Porsche, but a Porsche, right? So anyway, so they went there, they developed this company called the Volkswagen, we knew this later as the Volkswagen Beetle. It came out. Incredibly successful company. Let's just keep going forward. They go through the war. And even though that this, com- this company had so many Nazi ties in it, right, and was so influenced by this, was heavily supported by the Nazi party. And it was heavily supported by American investors, too. But we're just going to leave all those names in the bush. Okay. So here we go. They're doing this here too. And this company, Volkswagen, what they did is they went over and they copied the results of and they recruited and took a lot of workers away from an American company called Ford. Okay. So what happened was at this time here too, is they kept going forward and, and we know that especially in the 60s as well, the Volkswagen Beetle, the vo- that Volkswagen van, it, they, they became like cult icons in the Peace Love Dove movements that went through the little Volkswagen cars, the Volkswagen Beetles. My parents have a classic one. They have a 1969 Volkswagen Beetle. The thing is beautiful, right? They sold a half a million, those, a million of those and it was going great. But what happened is, and we're going to fast forward to 1993, Suddenly, Volkswagen, and this is in 1993, they're only selling 38,000 cars a year in the United States in a market that sells 16 to 17 million cars. Okay, that's laughable, right? And so, the and really, so Volkswagen was, was on the verge of uh, going bankrupt. So what they did is kind of like the follower to to Ferdinand Ferdinand Porsche was his grandson by the name of Ferdinand Pich. Ferdinand Pich. He was an Austrian gentleman. He had also been working with Porsche. He had been working with Audi, but they brought him in to work at Volkswagen. And now, you know what the thing is, is that there's a certain ideology that was built into Volkswagen at this time, right? And when I did research on this and when I was listening to him speak and just watching him speak in the camera, his exact quote was, in a war, there are winners and losers for the people that are left over. Volkswagen and the partners with it around the world are going to be with the winners. 
Now, when you listen to him, now I say that with my voice, but if you could look into his eyes and see the look on his face when he said that, what you honestly do, for those that know the look of a psychopath, you see that. And now, you know what? It's no secret, and there's been a lot of research in many other programs, too, where they say that, you know, there's a lot of corporate heads, there's a lot of upper management, there's a lot of stuff. You know, narcissism is a given. There's sociopath. There can be psychopath things. You know, a lot of these big business books and help books and all this other stuff are written by sociopaths, narcissists, psychopaths, right? Telling, telling you how to do it, too. But you see, what happened is, is, is really, you, you, here you have like a sociopath and a narcissist. They have him talking again where he said, you know what? Some people really say I have poor communication because I can't talk to them. He says, you know what? It's, it's because I won't talk to them. I'm just going to tell you what to do. Okay. So, but here's what happened. He's actually the man that saved Volkswagen from going under. And this is in the 90s, folks. Right, And what they did was they came up with a diesel engine. And I have to tell you, it is an incredible diesel engine. It was called TDI, Turbo Diesel Injection. And a quote here too, the road to global dominance. Now, notice how these people talk. The road to global dominance leads through America. Now, I want you to remember that because that is a major theme. And that is still going forward this day when we talk about globalism, when we talk to people about, about the people that, that do this. The road to global dominance dominance leads through America. And you know what? They get really frustrated because there's a lot of Americans out there that are not just going to lay down and they're not just going to take it. But the thing is, is that they want to break down America so that they can that so that they can bring in their form of global dominance. Volkswagen's thing was, we want to be the winners. So they made this incredible car, the TDI, and they put it in their Passats. They improve their quality. And it's not that the car is so bad. It's not a car. It's a dependable car. But step one. Now, notice the pattern here, folks. What did they do? Step one was major advertising, propaganda, over and over and over again. Okay? Because they still couldn't get around the fact that what comes out of the back of these cars is not healthy. Okay? But you see, that wasn't their goal. Their goal was global dominance period. Their theme was, we have to sell these cars in the United States because the United States was the largest car market. And you know what? At these times here too, Volkswagen is only selling 38,000 cars per year in the United States. And then you want to come and try to sell the American market a diesel? And many diesels in the past, they were either weak or in real giant cars or in trucks or tractors. And, you know, and they really didn't have a great reputation. So the first thing they did, now notice this from their sales and marketing team, was major advertising again and again and again. You never saw the word uh, TDI diesel without the word clean in front of it. It was always clean diesel. The clean TDI diesel in all of their commercials over and over and over again, right? Now, let's talk a little bit here. Diesel is much more efficient than gas. And it produces much less CO2. Now, you would think with all the talk of CO2, you know, and all the movements and everything, they'd have the people all buying a car that produces less CO2 because it seems like in the last few years or maybe for the last decade or two, that CO2, carbon dioxide, that seems to be the new boo man. They always change the word. It's like global warming becomes climate change, becomes this, okay? It does actually produce much less CO2. Let me give you another word for CO2, people. Plant food, okay? Plant food. But the thing is, is that 
when you have a product, a car like this, that's very, very efficient and produces much less CO2, that sounds very good to those people who it is important to. There are people where the environment is their God. Let's go down to level two. There are many people who's very, it's very important to them to, to have a great environment and everything, okay? I think we should have a great environment. It sounds good to those people who it's important to, to have a real, a clean diesel car. But there's one thing about diesel. It produces a much nastier nitrous oxide. NOx. And it produces nitrous oxide and it also pr pr produces particles. We call it fine dust over here in Germany, Feinstaub. There's always this battle against Feinstaub or this fine dust. And it is proven not to be good for humans. It's a huge part of air pollution. Okay, It damages human lungs. And it's really interesting. I worked in downtown Los Angeles for uh, quite some time. I would drive into Los Angeles. I lived uh, much further uh, north. I would drive into the big clouds with the brown film around them and everything. Right, And I'd park my car and I'd jump in the building, take the elevator and go up to the upper stories of, my, of the skyscraper I worked in. And I'd walk out and we'd look out the windows and we would look down at the clouds that were underneath us. Okay, smog. And I, I want to point this out too when I was doing my research and stuff. Uh, there is a form of, of nitrous oxide that's all, also called laughing gas. We are obviously not speaking about laughing gas, and this is no laughing matter, right? Now, initially what Volkswagen did on, on a few models and stuff, they added equipment to their cars, you know, Knox burners somehow to get some of this nitrous nitrous oxide out, you know, to, to try to meet some of the standards, uh, some of the standards that were in the United States, but they were not in Europe. Okay, they were not in Europe and they were not in the rest of the world. Now, in May 2009, the United States even came out with uh, tougher regulations, with even more regulations and stricter regulations on, on diesels in America. Now, if you're Volkswagen and your goal is world domination, suddenly you have all these new regulations really cutting into your profit margins and also cutting into your sales, right? And so what they did is they, they appointed a man by the name of Martin Winterkorn. He was the new leader because Peak was getting older. Peak was going to go to a higher position in the, in the company. And Martin Winterkorn was a protege of Peak, who was a protege of Ferdinand Porsche, who was the partner with the Nazi party creating this car. And Martin Winterkorn came out with a big plan came out with a big plan for Volkswagen, and it was planned 2018. And by 2018, their goal was to be the biggest car maker in the world. Okay, quote, bigger than GM, and our goal is world domination. What is it? All this world domination again. We're going to have plan 2018, biggest car maker in the world, bigger than GM, and we're going to make America want diesel. And so how do you think they did that? They stepped up their advertising again about clean diesel. In Volkswagen, the culture became a culture where they put everyone under pressure and fear okay, at the company. That was the basic thing. This is our goal. You're going to do it or you're out. Okay. So they put everyone under pressure and fear. And when you put people under under pressure and fear, and when they're afraid to lose their job, and when they think that their, their current employer is the only place they can go... People are going to do things they don't want to do, or they're going to just do, do things to save themselves. And you see, the thing was this too. One thing that they realized was, is there were people that they were going to say, hey, it's a diesel car, and people weren't going to care because it was kind of a neat car. They were probably going to buy the car anyway. That's okay. They already had them in the bag. But then you have another group of people that were shying away from diesel. And these were the people, like in Germany, we call that the Green Party, environmentally concerned, the environmentalists. You, you had all the people that wouldn't buy diesel and everything. 
And they did, and how did they target you? Well, they did everything that you wanted them to do. The first thing that they did was they built a green factory in Charlottesville, North Carolina, and they introduced the clean turbo diesel. It was low cost, low pollution, good mileage, and fun to drive, right? And, and who doesn't want low cost, okay? Who doesn't want fun? Who doesn't want to have good mileage in their car, right? And so there it was, and they really stirred up the use of the of the only German word that every American and maybe every Canadian knows too. Have you ever heard of the word Farfignugen? Fun to drive. And that's what they sold it on. It's fun to drive, low cost, low pollution, and everything. We have a newfound commitment to social responsibility. And they push that big, social responsibility. Now, the thing is, is that words like that get said, and we hear the words, but we never take a moment to, to pause and think of what's being said at that moment. Okay? And where that goes back to, that roots back to socialist and communist I- ideology. They use the word social responsibility, but what that translates back to is your responsibility for the state. But boy, doesn't it sound good to be social responsible? Like it's been said before, you can paint that pig any color you want, but it's still going to be a pig. Okay, and it was it's been painted in every different direction. They use words, the the exact quote. I've listened to the speeches here. They threw out the big trigger words out there. Sustainable. Well our project is sustainable. Our factory here is sustainable. I mean isn't that great? Sustainable, reliable, successful. And it's friendly for the environment, and Mother Gaia will love you. Whatever level you were at in that, they used the words you wanted to hear. And you know what? They bought it. Because finally, you had a powerful car, efficient car that was friendly for the environment. Now, this comes out to here, too. They were saying this at the opening speech. You, you can look this up on YouTube. They were saying this at the opening speech to the Volkswagen Clean Green Plant in Charlottesville, North Carolina. Now, Volkswagen has everything it takes to win the hearts and minds of American customers. And the people stood and cheered. Okay, you didn't realize that the guy up front was sitting there going, Volkswagen has declared war, and you know what? We're going to win your hearts and minds. People, this is what they did in Vietnam. They were like, well, we're going to go out there and win the hearts and minds. And it's funny, yes, yes, America was saying that on the battlefield in America too, but it's the same things that they were saying during the communist revolution in Europe. And that was the big thing, was to win the hearts and mind. That, that is a war term for occupying an enemy country. And they, everybody stood up and cheered, and they got everybody to want it. Okay, it, it became popular with many movements. Okay, and, and the thing was is that Volkswagen knew exactly who they were marketing to. And folks, that's one example of a chameleon spirit, right? Or you have that you have that fifth column spirit. They didn't care about your movement or anything. They just wanted they just wanted world domination. So what happened was is Volkswagen found a way to solve a problem that no one else could. Volkswagen solved a problem that no other company had been able to figure out. They could clean up diesel engines and put them in small, low-priced cars. And wow, and everybody stood around and they applauded that German ingenuity, that German ingenuity, that German engineering. Wow, you know, wunderbar. Right? When I was explaining this in German, I was using all the good German words, right? But that was the big thing. Volkswagen finally found a way to solve a problem nobody else could, and it caught the attention of the world. The Volkswagen TDI, the car in 2009, won the Green Car Award of the Year. Now, come on. If that is really important to you, who wouldn't buy it? Everybody did sales skyrocketed. It caught the attention of the world, but it also caught the attention of a group of people in the United States. It was a small group of people that studied cars. 
And they were enamored with this clean TDI diesel engine that, that came out in 2009. They, they said, this is incredible. And their purpose was they wanted to do a study, and it wasn't to criticize the car or, or to find failure or to point fingers. Their point was, as they said, what could other companies learn from Volkswagen, and why aren't they doing it too? You know, if we find out what Volkswagen's doing or how they're doing it, we could encourage them to follow Volkswagen's great example. Okay, and it will be eco-friendly. Okay, now this group was headed up by an American, and guess what his name was? Are you ready for it? His name was John German. Their thing was was basically to help the regulator to to look at things, what to look for, right? And what they did is that John German had read a report, and he read a report that was published in Europe, and was talking about the high diesel emissions in Europe. It really gave alarm bells to, hey, Europe, we need to wake up because there, there are high emission factors here. So the question of this group was, well, what's happening in the U.S.? Why are our cars so clean? Why are our diesels working so great and so clean? But why are the German diesels not? What's happening? So John German went out, and the, the people they awarded the test or the contract to was a group of students at the University of West Virginia, okay? And it was a group of car geeks. And I use that term affectionately because there's, all, there's a geek in every, in every area, right? But they were car geeks and this, this was what they did. Testing cars and they even had little, they had portable emissions testing where they could actually put it in the trunk of the car and drive around and, and, and test it. And what they wanted to see is they wanted to see if clean diesel was really for real, right? And they wanted to try a thing called in-use measurement that's actually like, well, what happens when you take the car out on a highway? And uh, so they got some European di- diesels and they, they did all these comparisons, and they did the lab tests, and it was great, okay? But when they took it out for a road test, they found something disturbing. They took it out for a road test and found out that all the emission rates were 40% higher on the highway than they were in the lab. And nobody had an idea why that was happening, and they were really confused. Was the equipment wrong? What are we messing up here? We're, we're not doing something right. We're not doing something right. But they found out that the, that the road test, when they took it out on the road, it was 40 times higher than what it was when, when they tested it at the lab. And so what they realized, they said, you know what? We realize we're a bunch of geeks, so we're going to go to the best people in the world, the, the people, the most environmentally friendly testing people in the world. And they took it to California. And amazingly enough, in California, they got the same results as they did back in West Virginia, is that these cars, something was going on. And this John German, he said too, he says, we had to be very careful how we said this and we had to be very careful on how we were going to let the information out because whenever you do this with companies this big, you could let some information out like this. And here we are talking about the green car of the year, 2009. And what they would do is they would just sue us out of, exist- uh, sue us out of existence. So in April of 2014, John German, he was just going to go to a little presentation. He was going to go to a small presentation in San Diego. And his little presentation was to a very small group of people was, hey, we tested cars A, B, and C, and we found out that there's this big difference in emissions, and we're wondering how this is, and we have a few a few ideas. Okay, a little small group. It's is unter uns, sagen wir auf Deutsch. It's just between us, our, our small little group. Amazingly enough, <laughs> through a pure accident, there just happened to be two executives from Volkswagen sitting in his presentation. They knew that something was up. And now, this is when Volkswagen started scrambling. And the official program at Volkswagen and management was this, quote, we're going to manage the message. If the information comes out, we're going to manage how that comes out. We're going to avoid all suspicion that Volkswagen is cheating, okay? 
an internal memo to avoid the EPA, the California regulators. We cannot give thorough explanation for the increase of nitrous oxide so they don't investigate Volkswagen for a defeat device. Okay, that's the word they use, cheat device, defeat device, right? And the order was, we're not going to come clean, we are going to stall for time, and they increase their advertising, promoting fun and emission-free driving. The commercials are out there. You can go on YouTube, type, type in the Volkswagen commercials from that time, and you will never see the word diesel and clean separated from one another. And it's fun. So what they did at this time, too, is they went out there, and to stall for time, they went out and told everybody that their equipment was bad. They went out and said, well, you had students doing this, and your testing's wrong right? And it was an open secret at Volkswagen, quote, if we are not honest, everything stays as it is, which means we're going to deceive them. And they were asking another Volks, uh, the, uh, the head of Volkswagen America, as they were depositioning him, right? They asked him, they said, did Volkswagen have a reputation for honesty at the highest levels? And his answer was, well, looking back in hindsight now, I guess they didn't. Also, too, is when is when the pressure came on more and more is they, of course, they increased their advertising. But then what Volkswagen did is they called all the cars in and told everybody, you know what, we're going to fix the problem. Because if we offer to fix the problem and we fix the problem, then we'll have the EPA and we'll have the United States government off of our backs. And so what they did is that they brought in the cars, but they didn't fix the problem. They made the defeat device even better at cheating. Let me read a Bible verse again. I asked you to keep you, keep your finger on that Bible verse or by the tricks of men and cunning craftiness or cunning deceit, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. You know, what you see a lot in this story, too, as we keep going forward, and hold on because it gets worse, people. As much as the wicked tried still doing what they did, there was still God's providence, and there were people like John German. There were all these graduate students at West Virginia. There were all these people. You know, it's amazing on how God seems to put the right people at the right place at the right time with the right question, and that's what we need to pray for, people. I'm not a tester. I'm not West Virginia. I'm not John German, but you know what? When I find out about stuff and when God brings something across my desk, I can certainly pray, and I know a lot of people that can pray too. And that's why right now, in Jesus' name, we loose the people to go help those people out there even today that are honestly trying to do this. And I am sure Sheila can tell us a lot of stories too about what even goes on inside the EPA, again, referencing the book, The Green Gospel. Now, what happens is, is that they eventually found out that they, had, they were still cheating with the defeat device. And what happens is, is in 2016, they told Volkswagen, they said, if you people do not come clean about this or admit that something's going on, you will not be allowed to sell any cars in the United States in 2016. Not even gas cars. No cars. Okay? And so then what happened is realizing, uh, to avoid the total shutout, Volkswagen admitted they, that they did a cost-benefit analysis and they made the financial decision to cheat. Now, hear me and remember this. They're admitting this now. Hey, we made a financial decision to cheat. There's a software program to defeat that testing. They admitted all that. But Volkswagen still had this tremendous pressure to be number one in the world and to get there at any cost. And it was 2016, and they only had two more years to do it. So what did Volkswagen do? They went on major damage control. And what they did was they placed the blame on a small group of software engineers 
that were playing around with software at the company and they did something that nobody knew about. We sold 11 million of these cars with, with our secret computer program inside. And of course, you know, some, some heads rolled at a way further down level and everything, but they put a blame on a small group of, of computer geeks, software engineers. Yeah, they said, oh, they did this and, and whatever. You know, not everybody at Volkswagen was bad and there were many people who didn't know this was going on, but, but his response to that, he goes, do you think that a small group of engineers did this? And he says, you can believe that story if you believe in the tooth fairy. And he goes, I want to let you know, Volkswagen, it, it's so controlled there that if you want a pencil, you have to get three signatures for it. There's no way a small group of engineers could have done this on, on their own. Folks, that pattern there, what that's called is deflecting. People can do it on a personal level, but this, this was like corporate deflecting. We're deflecting the blame and everything on somebody else. So the next thing they do is uh, Volkswagen promoted their best salesman, their best sales and marketing guy to be the head of the company and to say that nobody knew. His name is Michael Horn, and I'm saying this just so it, it's out there. These are all matters of record. You see, in Germany, we had this entire story where, where we went over this, right, where they kept talking about this. And this was a major issue. So anyway, but they promoted their best salesman. Now, why would you promote your best salesman? Because he had to go out and sell to the United States that nobody knew anything. We're sorry. It's, uh, we screwed up. Boy, we, we got those few bad eggs out of the basket now. And they increased their advertising for the clean diesel TDI. And there's no changes. They admitted this, but up to this point, they had changed nothing. And it's talking and talking and drawing it out, right? And the thing is with this Michael Horn is at the point he was telling that he, he knew nothing about this, okay? They found the memo where he knew a year and a half before, and he helped formulate the plan of how are we going to sell this to the American public. They found his memo and the other memo saying, quote, a couple of software engineers doing something on their own and Volkswagen and no one else knew about it. Next thing was for the attorney. And this is how they think, people. This is the dehumanization that I'm bringing in here, too. They also, in the memo, they said, quote, if we pay $50 million, no impact will be on the share price. Even if they fine us for $100 million, a company the size of, of Volkswagen will not feel the effect. And again, quote, keep selling. Not one executive or senior engineer said, maybe we should not do this. Let me repeat this. Not one executive and not one senior engineer said, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we should, you know, fix this. Maybe we should get in line again. None of them. Volkswagen started destroying documents and there was no stop sell order. And you know what? They increased their advertisement and guess what? Sales increased. They kept the massive propaganda program going. And people bought it. And even with all this starting to come out, and even with all this slowly starting to leak out, the sales were working. Because you know what? I had a fun, emission-free car to drive. Hey, look, I have the IT car. Now, if you want to get into the thinking of a company, you need to look at their advertising. And you can go look this up, too. There's an advertisement that Volkswagen had, and it's called Three Old Wives Talk Dirty. And what it, what it was was to mock the entire process and everything they were doing now. They were going to sell to the public, you know, all this foolishness. And what they had were three elderly ladies sitting in a brand new, gorgeous Volkswagen. This thing is beautiful, right? There's a lady behind the wheel, and she says, how do you like my car, right? She's smiling and she's so proud of her new car. And then what you have is you, you have the sour prune sitting in the back seat. And she says, well, isn't diesel dirty? And she was kind of the mean, not nice looking one or whatever. And her friend, of course, sitting up in the front passenger seat says, oh, shut up and just tell her that the car is beautiful. And they got out and they held their white shawls up to the back of the tailpipe. And they said, see, 
it's all clean it's all beautiful and they played that and it was funny and the sales and marketing people said yeah that's that's using humor to put that across because everybody will remember the funny commercial but they they won't remember what's coming out okay there was another marketing manager that was talking about this and he said yep we put out all those commercials and all those commercials were a lie all those commercials were a lie what we put out is what we wanted the people to believe and how we were going to manage the information and Volkswagen sold 11 million cars this is where you see the real thing about the globalism and the dehumanization of people where it's like they don't care and the thing was is that they felt that they were above the law even when the the government and interpol and everybody's coming down and trying to find these execs and whatever they arrested some of these guys while they were taking vacation in florida uh, note to self if the united states government and everybody is looking for you and they have a, a subpoena out for you and and you're under arrest for this and they're hunting you don't vacation in florida but you know the thought was we can do whatever we we want to do and they sold 11 million cars and then it came down in the end here we'll go forward right what happened is is finally everything came out there's much more here but but the end result was volkswagen was leveled 25 billion in fines and they had to buy back without question 550,000 vehicles and they did. And you know what? When people who were more left-leaning and environmentally friendly, I'm going to say it even this way, and even all the tree huggers that bought those clean diesel TDIs, they took them back and they were, they were enraged because they had been deceived. Volkswagen thought they would get away with a $100 million fine. It was $25 billion in the vehicles. Of course, this is big news over here in Germany that Volkswagen could do this. And a big question rose up in Germany is, well, what's going on over here in Europe? And I want to give out the name of Hans Koberstein. He's a journalist, and I believe that we should name people who really face a lot to bring out the truth. I want to honor him with that. It was Hans Koberstein, and he, he and he's a journalist. And he said, well, you know, if Volkswagen is doing this, what about all the other cars? Okay. Now, he came out with a documentary called The Emissions Lie. In German, it's, it's uh, Die Abgaslüge, how the car industry and, and politics make us sick. And so what he did is he took out three cars. They took out the BMW diesel, which is an incredible car, a Mercedes diesel, of course, an incredible car, and he included a Volkswagen with the cheat device, one that hadn't been removed yet. Now, the first thing that happened to Hans Koberstein when they were trying to do this, there are only four companies in Germany with this testing equipment, only four companies, and no one let them have the testing equipment. Their reason for that? We have no time for that. We have no interest for that. And another one said, you can't do this testing. And he asked them, why can't I do this testing? They said, well, you just can't. They said, if we give you the equipment, we're going to lose our business. So what happened was, is that Hans Koberstein, they had to go to Switzerland to finally find the equipment and a place to do this. They took their cars with them and they tested the cars. You know, you had that evil Volkswagen and those other two cars. And what they found out is that it was they were very, very dirty. Now, I have the numbers here. For example, a Volkswagen, when it would test in the lab, it, it would say, well, we're, we're only producing 127 uh, units of, of pollution. But when they took that same car out on the road, that evil Volkswagen would produce 620 units of pollution, to keep it simple, right? But what happened when they tested the BMW? The exact same thing, at the same ratio. And when they went to test the Mercedes diesel, they found out the exact same thing, at the same ratio. They were finding numbers that were four to 500% higher numbers than were at the shop. It wasn't just happening in, happening in America. It was happening in Germany, too. And it wasn't just Volkswagen. It was everybody. The car makers in Germany threatened to sue this man for hundreds of millions of euros to stop the broadcast of this. But they had all the proof, and they went forward and they showed these numbers, but they also showed the government connection in this. 
and EU regulations. Now, the EU has protected us from some pretty nasty stuff. I have to admit, they've really done some stuff. They, they do some things, a few things that I really agree with. But on this one here, in the government connection here, and here, here's where you see the power of lobbying and the power of the car industry. How does this get passed? And especially in clean, green Europe. Europe is number two to California with restrictions and regulations, right? Well, how did they get it passed? In the European regulations, what it says, the European regulations for cars, all they have to say at the EU level is, we need this part for the protection of the engine. That is a quote right out of EU law. We need this part for the protection of the engine. Now, German law, the belief is all engines need protecting. So... I have to catch myself because it's wonderful. The, all engines need protection, but abortion's okay. Sorry, that I, uh, it's a personal problem I have with that, but all engines need protecting, and you know what? So all claims of a cheat device go unchallenged because every company says, well, we need that for the protection of the engine, and that is the official position of the German government, and they can't touch it. At first, they just wanted to point at Volkswagen, and the dirty little secret was is that all cars were doing it. Again, the title of tonight's message is Death, Deception, and Diesel. Now, why do I say this? There's a lot of reasons, especially over here in socialist Europe, why this is for. We have to remember that uh, Volkswagen is, is located in Lower Saxony, and the government of Lower Saxony owns 20% of Volkswagen. And it's the responsibility of the government of Lower Saxony, or Niedersachsen, to control it and make sure that Volkswagen's doing what it's doing. But if it comes out, if it comes out that they're using cheat devices and the cars are not as clean as they say they are, well, then they lose all that money. And by the way, they need all those jobs because Volkswagen in the state of Lower Saxony employs 600,000 people people around the world and over 60,000 of those are in Niedersachsen. And if those people don't have jobs, they're going to vote you out. So do you see the tangled web? This is also the reason here too. In, in Europe, they really pride themselves on taking care of the air. And the EU has air pollution plans and every country in the EU has air pollution plans. I had to buy a green sticker for my car, which is not a diesel. My car passed with a green sticker, meaning my car is clean. There are places you cannot drive in Germany if you do not have the appropriate sticker. If you do not have a green sticker for your car, you cannot drive into Berlin, Germany to a certain point. Okay, If you do, you get caught and they, they write you a big fine. But the thing is, is that the EU, they've made all these air projections. We're going to do this, and by 2020, our air pollution levels are going to be this. And based on the information we have, and based on the information that the automakers gave us, we're going to have a reduction in pollution by this time. And you know what? They never met their projection. And the air pollution was always higher, and now we know. Because they were making their projections, and they were making their plans with numbers that were four to 500% higher than, than what they were told. And now I know why. So after this, what happened is the governments really came out against this, and they tested 150 different vehicle types, diesels, across Europe, every country, every car maker, 150 different types. And you know what they found out? That each and every one, that all of them were six to seven times dirtier than the standards allow. Because you know what? Everybody did find out what Volkswagen did, and they said, hey, if Volkswagen's going to do it, we're going to do it too. Now, it is a fact. They have measured this. In Germany alone, there are 10,000 premature deaths in Germany due directly to nitrous oxide. And that is much more than traffic accidents kill people in the nation of Germany every year. So now, 
here's where we come to an interesting point here. With everything that came out, with all the judgments, the 25 billion fines, we have executives going to jail. They're coming out against Volkswagen. What does Volkswagen do? They increase advertising. They increase advertising. The eco-friendly cars, right? And so what happened was, is now Volkswagen and the car industry wanted to fight back and do testing on humans. What we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're actually going to test this on humans and we're going to come out with results and we're, or we're going to tell the world that this is this has no harm for humans. And so what we're going to do is we're, we're going to do testing on humans. We're going to gas humans. Now, we've got to stop right there just for a second. Do I need to remind anybody of the history of Germany, especially back in the 1930s? Can you imagine any any groups of people in the world that would have a real problem with, pe- with, with Germans exposing human beings to gas? Any guesses out there? And the next thing is using humans for testing. Now, we don't want to believe it, but it happens at a level that we can't imagine. And you have to look at this is that all the upper echelon of the entire car industry, nobody had a problem with this. They weren't going to stop it. So what they did is they founded a fake research company, and it was called EUGT. It was created. And the stated purpose of this company was, is that we're going to prove that the TDI was good and that diesel and nitrous oxide was good and does not cause health problems. The auto industry here, they created a secret plan to fool the public. And it was uncovered by an American lawyer, by the way. So what they did is they needed a place to do the testing. Obviously, in the beginning, uh, they couldn't do this in Europe because if anybody found out, there might be kind of an outcry and it was okay. So they were going to do it secret. So where do you go if you want to do do something secret like this? They paid $730,000 to Lovelace Respiratory Research Institute located in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Wow. All of the equipment used in the research was provided by Volkswagen. No conflict of interest there, also with the money. Uh, The head of the project was was a German engineer by the name of James Liang. James Liang. Now, who was he? He was the original engineer. He was the original upper executive who developed the defeat device in the first place. He set up the entire study, this new study here too, how the testing was going to be done, and they were going to show how the new technology was so much better than the old technology. They were going to have a human ride on an exercise bike while they blew the... While they basically exposed them to these gases, then they were going to measure the results of of humans being gassed, and this all from a from a company that Hitler opened. You have Hitler and Porsche, and then Porsche's grandson, and then you had the protege of this peak in there, and their whole plan and everything was world domination. They kept going. They were building the whole place until their general counsel of Volkswagen America, the top lawyer of Volkswagen America, says, you know what? If this ever got out, this would be really bad for the company. And so that's when they switched over and they used monkeys. So they started using monkeys for this. Now, I want to repeat again. This was this was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, the people in New Mexico, they were never told. They were just told it was this one company. They wanted to do this testing. But when they found out that it was for Volkswagen, for the car companies, they found out that the test was a fraud and the people in New Mexico said that this report cannot be published. Now, nobody knows where the monkeys are and nobody knows where the results of the research was. At the end of the test, they tested all the monkeys, right? But with the results of the test, Volkswagen filed in court that the results never be shown in court. Volkswagen sued that the results would never come out. Now, here's the interesting point here. When initially doing my research, and I found out about I found out about this testing in New Mexico, it was very recently. It was shared to me with, with one of the members in our church, too. One of the Germans came up. He says, well, didn't you hear about the testing they did in Aachen, Germany? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, they were testing on humans in Aachen, Germany. 
which is now, and this is very actual, and this is all coming out right now, they did this at the University of Aachen. Okay? And if there's any place you cannot test gas on somebody, it's in Germany. But they don't care. Again, the dehumanization of people. And you know how they got around it? There's always a way to get around something. Now, before I tell you that story, I want to tell you another little story. In the Catholic Church, and with those that are really Orthodox Catholic or follow their Catholic faith, they do not eat meat on Friday. But they found a way to get around that. What they would do is they would take their little pieces of ground-up meat, and they would stuff it inside of a, of a dough, okay? They would stuff it inside of a dough, and they called it maltoshin, or little mouth bags. And you see, they then they could eat the meat because it was hidden by the dough. Now, many in America know this dish. By the Italian name, it's called ravioli. You know those little things where the meat's on the inside and everything? Yeah, that's where that comes from. They hide the meat, so then the meat is <laughs> the meat's legal to eat because it's hidden. Well, what they did here in Germany is you have to get special permission to do any type of uh, testing on humans for anything. And one thing is, is you cannot have doctors doing tests on humans, especially if it's like gas or anything, anything poisonous. You cannot have doctors doing that. You say, why, Elvis? I want to respond with one name, Dr. Mengele. That's why doctors can't do that anymore. So what they did was they changed the job titles of these people. They didn't call them doctors. They called them researchers. We don't have doctors doing this. We have researchers doing this. And the tests were approved. The tests were set up by Volkswagen. And surprise, surprise, the results of the tests were, well, there's absolutely no problem with diesel emissions, nitrous oxide, or these chemicals or particles that come out of the back of these cars. Wow. And that's, that's going on right now. Now, let's go forward. In January of 2017, Volkswagen pled guilty to three felonies, conspiracy to, to defraud the United States, fraudulently selling a product in the United States at that level was a felony. Okay, they pled guilty to that. Okay, uh, James Liang, the man who came up with all this, he was sentenced to 40 months in prison. Oliver Schmidt, he was the one arrest, arrested in Florida on vacation. Ferdinand Pich. Amazing. Before this all came down in 2015, he retired and walked away with $900 million. But you see, things came around and got him too on this one, right? He didn't just get away with it. Later, he was forced to sell his stocks and give up his power. You see, when you're coming against a psychopath, you know, they have all the money in the world. Or when you get these global, they have all the money in the world, but what really needs to go is their power. There's your prayer tip. But what needs to go is their power. So he lost his power and he lost his position. And another thing is, Porsche and Peak were the ones that were the controlling people in the Porsche company. They were the controlling shareholders in the Volkswagen company and everything. And they were forced to sell all of that and give up all their influence in, in, in that. So they didn't get away completely scot-free with this. And heads are rolling now. God has a way. The Lord is the governor of the nations. And there were other companies that caught, got caught too. There were other fines. And that was all in 2017. The other thing too is they thought they were going to get away with those tests in Aachen, Germany. But you know what? That's all coming out right now. As a matter of fact, I hadn't even started really doing research on this before. Okay, I just kept seeing all over in the newspaper pictures of monkeys and talks about emissions. And you see, the thing is, folks, is that nobody in America up until now, knew about the testing that was going on in Germany. We didn't know about the human testing that was going on in Germany at this time. Nobody in Europe knew about the testing that was going on in New Mexico. And the people still don't know where the monkeys are, and they still don't know what those... Those results of those tests are hidden in a Volkswagen vault somewhere if they haven't already been destroyed, because Volkswagen has successfully sued that the results of that never come out. And why would a company do that? But... We want to let you know that everything we've just talked about, and even when people got caught, 
when all the people got sick and are still getting sick and are still getting sicker through all of this, in 2018, the beginning of 2018, Volkswagen realized its goal of becoming the world's largest car maker. They did it. Hoopla. I think we should play roll out the barrel now. Roll out the barrel. VW realized its goal of becoming the world's largest car maker. They got what they want, no matter the cost. Now, Where does this apply to us on this? Of course, well, don't be like these people. There you go. There's number one. But you know what? God God shows this here too. And we read this and we see this in Ephesians. And this was so important to Paul too. Now, Paul was talking about in the church. And one thing, like I said, is like, well, it wasn't just Volkswagen. It was everybody. People, it's not just the car industry doing this. There are so many industries as well. It's like, You'd almost think like every industry. For example, at Volkswagen, if basically if you weren't family and if you weren't, if you weren't uh, groomed by the one in front of you, you'd never be up there. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, okay, and let me go back to verse 20, it says, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the former life of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Now, here's the big point here too, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, people, we have been through so much stuff. I mentioned that one thing. I'm sure there's a lot of people that can remember that that one German word, Farfignugen. How many times did they bomb us with that? And you know what? This is always coming at us. You know, this is where we need, need a deprogramming, right? It's a deprogramming we need in our mind, right? To be renewed in the spirit of our mind. In Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 2, it says, and be not conformed to this world. Now, you have people out there that are using that cunningness, that are using that craftiness. These are wise people. They, they went in and got the environmental friendly people to buy a diesel car. That was an earth killer. They know how to do this. They know the trigger words, people. And it's, it's verse 14 again, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Hey, people, if this is in church, if this is an in industry, this shouldn't be happy, uh, happening to us. And I like how this part of the Bible is also talking about the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need discernment. That thing inside that says, hey, wait a minute here, when it's being worked against us on that level. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 again, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. People, that's for your personal life. That's for family life. And you know what, folks? Really, there, there's so much work where they work against our minds. Uh, I, maybe another person has done on, on the program has done a show on Edward Bernays, wrote this book on how to deceive us. And so we break off this deception of the world in Jesus' name. The title of the message again of tonight was Death, Deception, and Diesel. They deceived people to buying stuff for the people who whose God is the environment, the cars that, that they believed were killing the environment. Do you understand me? So, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we just break off all deception off of our minds in Jesus' name. Lord, we loose a sober and a vigilant spirit to be upon our brains now in Jesus' name. Lord, we cancel all mind control. We cancel all hypnosis right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We command that to come off the mind, the will, the emotions, the appetites, and the intellect of the people now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, especially, we break off the lust that wants us to want, the lasciviousness. We destroy all the works. No weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we choose to be no more children that are tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. 
with every wind of commercialism or every wind of manipulation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we call that down. Lord, you see what's against us, Lord, and we know. We know that as humans, we, we know that the demons are smarter than us and those that serve Satan are so much smarter than us. But thank you, God, for your wisdom. Thank you, God, the Holy Spirit, that all the gifts of the Spirit are, the, are there, Lord, to help us and to edify us personally and to the edifying of the body of Christ, the building up of the body of Christ. And we pray that now, Lord, we pray, break all the mind caps off our brain, take all the chains off our mind, our will, and emotions, Lord. Take the scales off of our eyes, Jesus' mighty name, Lord. Lord, give us sharp weapons of prayer to pray. Lord, our weapons are not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and Lord, all these people way up there, Lord. And they're serving the devil to kill us, and we rebuke that, and we stand against that in Jesus' name. Pray that your spirit would be heavy upon anybody listening to this message now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would set them free. And Lord, deliver our minds and our spirit from this fog, from this smog that the devil wants to put on us with all of his deceitfulness, wherever it comes from. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we call out the toxins, and we call out the pollutions, and we call out the poisons in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and lead us to what we can do, Lord, whether it's uh, you know eating right, taking vitamins, Lord, or praying, whatever the right thing is to do, Lord. Lord, we pull our feet out of the paths of destruction, and we plant our feet in the paths of life and righteousness. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Amen. What a fantastic teaching. Very interesting. Elvis, for the new listeners, give out your information, your website, and how folks can get in touch with you. Well, amen. Well, you know what? We we do have a simple website at hcofd.de, and I can be contacted at elvishcd at aol.com. That I can be, that's the best way to get a hold of me there. So Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time in coming on the program today. We appreciate it, and I hope you do come back and see us real soon. Amen. I look forward to it. Well, there you have it, folks, hcofd.de. That's a German.com, I guess, hcofd.de. If you want to reach out to Elvis and shoot him an email, just get a hold of him at elvishcd at aol.com. Very simple indeed. What a very fascinating subject today. We have a great lineup this week. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel because this week I'm going to be doing a really awesome little five-minute breakdown. It's kind of Mark Dice meets Mark Levine on steroids, sprinkled with a little bit of Sheila Zelensky. So you're not going to want to miss this edition of breaking down the news this week. Make sure you are subscribed to my YouTube. Simply go to Sheila.com media that's s-h-e-i-l-a dot media and subscribe today we'll see you real soon good night and god bless